everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes three and four of 39. I did just realize how many numbers you have to say in a row, and that is going to get me it's one of get these you. days. It's coming for me, and I can already feel it coming for me, specifically. (laughs) I think even before we started recording, you said in episode four, and I genuinely, I had no idea what episodes we were watching. I am not keeping track of the numbers at all. The only numbers in my head are three and nine. I'm like, (laughs) why are our brains programmed like this? What if we called the episodes, like alphabetically is it problematic to call korean dramas like label them by the roman like romanized (laughs) alphabet like this is episode a what if we just do roman numerals and then it's i and i i okay so we watched we watched i i i and i v of (laughs) that's so much easier (laughs) it's a middle ground it's Oh, this is stupid. Okay. <laughs> um, we have very different opinions on these episodes, I think. Um, yeah, we do. I I didn't know that. I think maybe I gave the spoiler because <laughs> I feel like I told you how I felt. And then yeah. you said, great, let's record. Tell me that let's again. Let's record that. Tell me that again because um, actually I'm going I'm, I'm to disagree. I'm going to disagree. Yeah. I just like how excited you were like, yeah, we do have different opinions. I have no I, I didn't know that, but yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> that was very sweet. And yeah. <laughs> You did. You you showed your hand, and now I think we have different opinions. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I just drove nine hours. So <laughs> I feel like I'm like on a delayed, like when you have a slow computer that's loading everything just a little, or like subtitles that are just a little bit behind. <laughs> what is if you're watching something and have subtitles in the same language, and you're like, ah, shoot. Well, I processed the the hearing part much sooner because the audio and the subtitles are off. That's how my brain is working right now. So I will attribute some of my enthusiasm to that where I was like, yeah, because I, I'm always your hype girl. And then immediately had to backpedal and be like, okay, but like, cool it, hype girl. She said something that actually has meaning. <laughs> That's so funny because I feel like I'm the opposite end, which you had to like play my hand a little bit, show my hand, is that I spent all of episode three and most of episode four just like crying, just crying my eyes out. And so I feel like Juhi, when Mijo called and was like, hey, you want to hang out tonight? We're both feeling pretty sad. And Juhi was like, I actually don't want to do anything except crawl into a ball and sleep. I would like to die now. But I can't. It, I am too young to die, as we all are. And now I just want to sleep. Sleep that. Sleep that feeling off. And um, so it's hard. I was yeah prepping for this call, being like, I don't want to be a party pooper. But god dang, am I tired from just watching this show and crying? That's where our opinions are different. Because I almost yeah. worried that you were going to be like, there were no parts that were very sad. So what oh. Emily is referring to is that I was able to hold it together. From I think I had maybe mentally prepared myself 
I do think that part of it was watching it on an iPad in a car on a nine-hour drive and just kind of like mostly reading the subtitles. Like I had it pretty low volume so that my boyfriend who was actually driving could enjoy his time a little bit. It felt a little rude to be like, okay, you drive and have zero fun and listen to Korean people um, that you don't understand what's going on and I'll, I'll just cry. And you sit there and listen to me cry and Korean people talk. <laughs> Does that sound fun? Fun drive? Yeah. So I, I did. I listened to it pretty low volume, and I mostly just read it, uh, read the subtitles. But so I, I stayed somewhat disconnected. I enjoyed it immensely. It's just such a quiet drama that there was never any big moments that were like <gasps> draw me in and really punch me in the gut up until I just held it so close together. I I had my whole life together until Juhi, uh, let's see, what was it? Oh, um, the part where she, uh, as always, jumping to the end of the episode, right at the top <laughs> of the podcast episode, um, mentioned that she shredded her lottery ticket because it's all the luck she's ever had. And uh, she is thinking that she should give it to Chungyong. And that um, if she has to get rid of all of her luck to do that, then then that's just fine. And for some reason, that in particular wrecked my whole shit. I, like, sobbed in the car. So my whole goal of making sure Craig didn't have to, like, take care of a psychopath while he was trying to drive completely backfired. And I just, like, ugly cried. Well, we drove through the desert of New Mexico. It was pent up, then it just exploded. Yep. Fair. I cried at every single part when any one person had to tell any other person that Chan Young was dying, which I think happened just consistently throughout these two episodes. It was yeah. just scene after scene of how to tell every person in these three women's lives that one of them is dying. It's like, there's no good way to do that. Let's just cry. Let's just cry. Well, I'll just cry. It was, I think, a beautifully done scene when she told, uh, when Chung Young told uh, Jin Seok about it. I, I was surprised that that didn't get me because it was a very well played scene where he also ugly cried in a, the best way I've ever seen because usually people in K dramas only beautiful cry. And he like, ugly cried. I, he's still a good-looking person. I also, my favorite thing ever was him saying, let's get one thing straight, I'm decent-looking. Uh, so he was still decent-looking, but the actual cry, the actual act of crying, it was rough and very realistic. And very fast. I feel like everyone takes a moment to kind of let it settle in and think that, go through, like, the stages of grief a little bit and he's like he's immediate he's just he lost it and that was so beautiful for so many reasons but yeah no no beautiful crying just beautiful in every other way yeah yeah it was lovely i i did love it something i disagreed with that they did though um was so i mean we can agree that his wife is terrible Probably, I'm guessing. There were parts that I actually had a lot of sympathy for her because I think it would be really hard to be in her shoes and I think I would probably do 
irrational things like show up at even though I hate that old trope of blaming other women when a man cheats or something right where you go after her instead of being like you're scum and you made this choice yeah. they're like let me blame the woman uh-huh it I hate that um so I don't necessarily agree with that but I agree that when you've been probably hurting for so long and you have kind of let that blame sneak into your heart, then maybe you go and do like really wrong things because hurt people hurt other people. And you like confront someone and tell them they're pitiful and pathetic uh, when really they're not the person that maybe you're actually mad at or whatever the case may be. Um, but that said, they really made sure to drive home that she's not a good person. And I, I do not care for that. I do not care for the writing of the only way that we can justify his terrible behavior is, is if his wife is more terrible and like hates her own kid and it wasn't even his kid to begin with or whatever. I just really, really struggle with that writing, right? Where it's like... Uh, or I guess like that characterization of we can now forgive him because he was just trying to do the right thing the whole time where it's like, it's okay if he's imperfect and not good and we hated him. And I still don't think that he's made any of maybe the best or right decisions. But I, yeah, I guess I just, if you're going to choose to leave someone else and be with someone, I don't think that I really care that much about how much it's a reflection of the person you're leaving so much as, you know, the person you want to be with or, or yourself, right? Where I think it's just kind of wrong to say, oh, but I had a good reason for being in love with someone else the whole time. She was awful. It's like, maybe you just loved her because you loved her and that would be fine too if your wife was a completely okay person. You've got to handle it a lot better than you have, but, you know, <laughs> shit happens. That's fair. I Okay, this is hard to separate. It might be a reference that not everyone gets, but I finally started Our Flag Means Death, and mm. I'm only four episodes in, which I don't know how many episodes there are. I don't think it's that many, but I don't think it's a spoiler to be like, the main character is not in love with his wife. He leaves her to become a pirate, and it's just like, this was an arranged marriage where both fine people... It's just, I don't like being married and living together and playing house with someone who I don't care for. And yeah, I feel like they do that very well in showing that he's irresponsible for leaving her, but it's valid that he's not in love with her. Yes. This show is very much like, no, he's he's totally justified in leaving because she is a monster. Yeah. And I don't think I would have noticed it except that you pointed it out. So that's that's a really good point. That yeah, we didn't need her to be just completely unhinged. This person who had a million boyfriends and got pregnant with one of them and tricked the one that she liked the most into marrying her and raising that child and hates that child for some reason and is like, what are all these things? Yeah, and confronts people and has over-the-top charges to press against people because she's upset and feels hurt and it's wrong to assault people but her going to get 
a medical report over a slap and some hair pulling is also pretty, um, you know, I don't know. I guess, like, it, it's always wrong to assault people. I shouldn't make any excuses on this end either, uh, like, on yeah. either end of that. It just felt, like, so bad taste, right? Where she was just looking for someone to hurt and a way to hurt them. Um sure. So, yeah, they just made her so terrible. And I just, the whole time I was like, ah, oh, this doesn't feel necessary. It would be okay if everyone made really reasonable mistakes, including her. Maybe she did trick him into marriage or whatever, but she doesn't have to be rampaging through everyone's lives, trying to hurt them and hurt him and use everyone to hurt each other or whatever, and including her son, and that's wild. Yeah, or she could be. She could be rampaging through everyone's lives, but justify it to herself by being like, this is for my kid, who I love more than anyone in the world, and this is for my husband, who, although he isn't perfect, I still love him. I chose him as the person I wanted to raise a child with, and I feel, like, very bad. I feel regret for tricking him into this, but we are together, and I want to stay together. And that's how it's going to be, because we all love each other, right? And it's like, no, girl, you're the only one who feels love for him. He doesn't feel the same way about you. And I think that would be, yeah, maybe more compelling, more engaging. You'd feel more sympathy for her. But it's weird to be like, no, she's like just pure unhinged. Yeah, she hates her kid. She has cheated a bunch. Uh, but not recently, but she has lied a lot to manipulate people. Yeah, it's just like everything you said earlier, where it's like, wow, okay, all of those things. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's fair to be like, it's it feels then like she can't do anything right. Where in another situation, I do think it would be valid to get a medical report after being assaulted and be like, I'm going to press charges because I'm genuinely scared of the my husband's mistress's best friend who seems to be going through it right now. I don't know what she's going to do. She might come to my house later and I want to keep her away from me. Like, from this woman's perspective, it feels like she could genuinely be scared of me, Joe, and be like, I don't know what caused this, but I'm scared of this. Yeah. But you can't feel that for her because she's clearly just such a butthole that (laughs) anything she does, you're like, you're just doing it to be petty and mean. And so when her husband's like, you're just doing that to be petty and mean, she's like, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to be petty and mean. And you're like, oh, come on. Be and I'll person. keep petty and mean unless you give me what I want. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, what? <laughs> that's dumb. Now you're a dumb character. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I, yeah, I didn't notice that until you pointed it out. I had another thing that I didn't like, which I, I kind of thought you were going to say, but it's the sister's storyline. I want to say her name is Sowan. Oh yeah, that's that's an interesting thing they're going with. <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel like we have to say at the top. I I don't speak for you. I have to say at the top that I think sex work is valid work. That women Me can too. sell their bodies and be like, that's how I make a living and it makes me feel confident and proud and it makes me rich. It makes me a ton of money and I'm proud of that. I don't know 
what a hostess does in Korea. I don't know if it extends to sexual acts. I don't know if it extends to anything beyond just drinking together with people at a club. So I don't know that I don't know the extent of what she is doing as a hostess, but I support her if that's what she wants to do. And I see that it gets tricky if it seems like that's not what she wants to do, that she's been cornered into doing this by being poor and just being like, I can't get work anywhere else. I have to sell my soul in this way, maybe my body, definitely my energy. Then it's then it's bad. Then it's very sad. Right. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, because I think what what everyone who supports you know sex workers wants is a safe, consensual environment for the sex workers. And so yeah, that's where yeah. it's a little dicey. And then her brother's whole reaction. That's the biggest problem, right? It's yeah. like through all of that, through her being however much she's in charge of it or not, she is in the middle of doing a job and her brother bursting in and being like, I'll drag you out of here is not going to help anyone. No, come with me right now. It's so, it's that whole thing of, um, that I think is very tired of the like men policing, like familial men, right? So brothers, dads, what, whatever the case may be, policing what the woman in their women in their lives and their families do based on, you know, that overprotective, where it's like, if you want to protect someone from like something else, something external, that's one thing. But if you're just trying to control what that person does, and you don't take into account any of their maybe ability to make choices, maybe they're really rational and logical. And maybe again, like, maybe this, we don't know the whole story, but maybe this is very consensual and what she wants to do and it makes her feel good. And if that's the case, then he's just controlling her. He's he's worse than any of the men who are giving her money because that's, I don't know, that's not, not her by her own consent. And that's where it's a problem. Yeah. Oh, so it's so hard to watch and have that be the cliffhanger of like I'm going through my best friend's death and just when I felt some glimmer of happiness I see my boyfriend going through the hardest time of his life it's like bro no he is not I do not want to compete in the pain olympics we we don't have to (laughs) compare the pain of these two people he can also be going through a hard time but it's Oh, it just feels ridiculous. His whole situation is just his internal projections of what he thinks his sister is doing and what he thinks she should be doing. And also, I don't know if we knew this last week. I did not know she was 29 years old. I thought she was like 18. That also shocked the shit out of me. And that is kind of where part of me is like, all right, if you're a 29 year old, also act like it because there's just like it. Yeah, because it's not her choices to work there. It's her choices to get like rowdy out of her mind drunk at this club and then like get in a fight with her brother instead of being like, hey, what if we discuss this later when I'm not trying to work? 
what if that was the best thing that we could do right now instead of just like, yeah, fighting him and, and being petulant and drunk. And I'm just like, I don't know, girl, you should maybe pull it together. <laughs> yeah. And, and just the whole, like, I don't have a family. Him coming yeah. in and saying, your family doesn't want you here. And her going, I don't have a family. I was like, did you run away from home at 27? Because yeah. that's different. I thought you were like 16, 17 when you ran away from home. You were right. a full adult. That's You were <laughs> a full adult who's going through the I don't have a family phase, which is a, it's a lot to contend with, to be honest. Because here's the thing. If her family, I don't know, it's just one of those... I guess I just don't understand maybe the perspective of someone who was adopted into a family... Outside of, like, my mom was adopted. I'm not going to say that my experiences are her experiences. My mom was adopted. My mom feels very much like she ended up in the place she was meant to be. Like, she is grateful for her family. She's different from them in many ways and similar to them in many ways. Nature versus nurture. But it's one of those things where it just seems so buck wild to, yeah... Maybe when you're a teenager and you're kind of going through an identity crisis to be like, I don't know if I have a family. But if you made it all the way to adulthood with these people who love you and care for you and your mom died and that was traumatic and it really adjusted your entire idea on life and and how you process, you know, time with your family, that's also fine. But to play the, to be 29 years old, drunk in a club playing the I don't have a family card, that is some 17 year old shit. And it needs to be maybe like resolved through some therapy or something. <laughs> And it's weird that you don't know that because you're 29. I think even me, Joe, says at some point, I don't have a family or I, I grew up without a family, so I don't really understand it. And I'm like, I'm. S when did you get adopted? I thought you were like eight. Yeah. And you grew up with a 39, family. You still have a family. They're it's, obsessed with you. <laughs> they're obsessed with. I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess we need to get an adopted person's opinion. Because I totally felt for her when she was like, I've always had this weird anxiety that I don't belong with them and that they're just going to give me up one day and say that I, I don't belong with them. And I've always felt that. I've always felt like I don't belong with them. And I'm worried that someday that'll just come true. But then to kind of go... I've never had a family. I've never felt connected with them. Was totally out of left field, and yeah, to have with this twenty-nine-year-old act the same way, even yeah, even with a dead parent, to be like, I never had a family with you guys, and I never will. Is like, I'm sorry. You're. I don't think you have to take responsibility for your brother moving to Korea and trying to pursue you and have a relationship with you where he is your brother but the way that you guys talk about being adopted kind of feels insane kind of yeah. feels insane yeah i think that maybe the main weakness is that there seems to be a very singular perspective on what it's like to be an adopted child where it's like they're just presenting one perspective where it's like a woman who who was adopted as like a young girl like a cognizant child not a baby or a toddler, like, adopted as a cognizant child, um, that they both have very similar views of, like, 
feeling like they don't belong in their family, where I just don't feel like it's interesting to have adoption play such a big part in a K-drama and then not explore if there's multiple adopted characters, not explore multiple perspectives of adoption and how it feels to be adopted, where it's like maybe one of them got adopted into a family that they really felt like they didn't belong with, right? But the other one was like, ah, it's like a, it's like the same as found family for me, you know? Like, I'm the child that they, they chose, they found me, and like, I'm happy to be here. Like, but there's a million other perspectives. That's just two. That's just like, I don't know, the one they're presenting, and then like, the one I have with, like, knowing my mom. And... You know, then there's, like, the perspective of the child who's happy to have been adopted and raised in their family, but still goes out to find their parents. Because at the end of the day, like, that's just, like, something they really want to explore, their their birth parents, you know? And, like, but, and there's just so many, it's such, like, a nuanced, super powerful thing that they could do so much with. And instead, they're, like, two characters, same perspective. Both perspectives are that they have loving families that have like doted on them and adore them. And both of them still feel like, like that isn't their family or, you know, like they, they don't belong here. And that's just so frustrating to me to only have the one perspective explored. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it because yeah, I think we expected a slightly different perspective from me, Joe, which is to say we, I've appreciated her having so many insights helping Sonu. Is that his name? Yeah. Sonu through navigating his experience with his adopted sister. Obviously, that is great. That is an amazing part of the show. But yeah, it's it's weird that they've now just centered in on that so much that they are having the same one lived experience and it is so negative. It's very you're watching Mijo go to her family's house and be like, my friend is dying and have them send her around her and say, I'm so sorry to you, my daughter, for having to experience this. And I, I will be here for you, my little sister. I love you so much. And then kind of end the episode being like, I get that girl who's saying I don't have a family at all. What? What's going on? It's weird, and I don't know if it will be fixed by just including the dad in the argument and being like, the dad of these two children, he's a total a-hole. And that's why when the mom died, everything fell apart, because this dad's just the the worst. That doesn't seem like a good fix, but (laughs) at least I could start to get it. Yeah, maybe you'd give us, like, a slightly different perspective of, like, one loving and one maybe more complicated family and these two people who share a perspective. Because then at least it's not the exact same story twice. Yeah. Um, just with, like, one experiencing a death in the family or whatever. Um, I guess I shouldn't follow that sentence up by or whatever. It sounds reductive, but... But yeah. yeah, I just I just would like to see a little bit more done with that where they don't because they're not demonizing adoption, but they are making it seem like not great for anyone involved <laughs> at this point. Like don't adopt anyone <laughs> over the age of two because they will just resent you. They will never feel like part of your family. And 
they might leave to do sex work, which apparently is just the worst thing you can imagine. It's just yeah. the worst. And it's like, bro, what? Why are you guys? <laughs> is this a weird What's PSA? Because I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, weird yeah. <laughs> um, Quick heel turn, because I was very surprised by the fact that the restaurant owner really did. It is his girlfriend oh, yeah. that he Whoops. works with. <laughs> So a lot of things we were wrong about. We thought the sister was like 18 and we thought that, okay, but there's two girls. There's a girl that works at the restaurant. I shouldn't say girl, a young woman. There's a young woman who works at the restaurant who I don't think is his girlfriend, but then he does also have a girlfriend. And it seems like those were two different people. Yeah, that's confusing. I don't know because I just assumed they were the same person, but I haven't paid that much attention to her. She's not a super dynamic character. Yeah. <laughs> or or those two characters aren't super dynamic. <laughs> I guess I also maybe just didn't pay close enough attention. I thought they had a scene where there were three of them in the restaurant where there was the chef and two young ladies and one was a girlfriend and one was working. But honestly, I could have just conflated that. We'll keep a closer eye out next time. <laughs> All that matters is he does have a girlfriend, and i they're going to break up soon, right? Yeah, it feels like it. It feels like she's got some weird shame around being ashamed. That was interesting to me, where he was like, didn't really bother me that she was ashamed of me. Did bother me that she was ashamed of being ashamed of me. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt bad seeing her be so awkward, but I mean, the lies were fine. It was just the <laughs> awkwardness that threw me off. It's like, bro, the lies are not fine. It's sad that she's ashamed of you. And I, I think this is one of those moments of cultural differences that we can't understand, or I guess we can understand. We followed the plot. No, even Juhi explained, like, I guess being a chef at a hotel is just cooler. It's just, as an American, I don't get it. I'm like, I yeah. think opening your own business is something to be really proud of and maybe in yeah. a way cooler. So I don't, I don't follow it. I can't speak to what this looks like from the Korean perspective, obviously. Yeah, the hipster that's lived inside of my head my whole life is like, hell yeah, start a do your little startup restaurant. Get it. Your little neighborhood restaurant? That's way cooler than a restaurant, a hotel restaurant. I guess I can see how a hotel restaurant is more glamorous if that matters. But for me, I'm like, get it. I'm a hipster. I will go to your little local business. I love that shit. Support local businesses. Yeah. It's just, I guess maybe in a way they're equally cool. Maybe it depends on the hotel. Like, yeah. I don't know. It just seems weird to objectively be like, he's a hotel chef and he always will be in my mind, even though he literally opened his own business. And that seems like the coolest, hardest thing ever. Yeah. And if I was supportive of that, then that would also be very impressive for him. Like, right? Where it's like, who I want to impress is the person I love. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm supportive of them, they'll know that... That's how, like, I don't know, how good our relationship, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. However <laughs> I was going to put that, that was, like, really well worded. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. supportive relationships. How how did we get to the point where she doesn't even invite him to her birthday party? Because she's like, 
I've lied to everyone in my life about you, so you can't come. And we definitely can't have it at your restaurant that no one knows exists, because then they would know it exists. Yikes. Yikes. (laughs) Just wake up. Just wake up. It sounds like uh, Juhi is going to swoop in, and that seems like it's going to be a better situation. I don't Uh, know. Sort of. (laughs) I don't even ship it anymore. Yeah, I will give you that because I kind of don't either. I I was not impressed with the way she spoke to him, and I was really impressed with how he defended himself and was like, hey, I get that you miss the old restaurant that was here. Maybe if you could, like, give me a chance and not keep my restaurant open all night while you drunkenly, like, work through your shit, that would also be pretty cool for me. Yeah. That was, that was a good conversation. Until the very end, it was, it was a good conversation. Yeah. They're working through stuff. I think that's when I fell off the ship, was her, yeah, belligerent drunkenness and being like, I do not respect you at all so i'm gonna stay here all night even she even says after one bottle she's like oh no it's closing time isn't it and he's like yeah so maybe you should leave and he she's like i know um and that sucked and then the next day she comes in to pay and he's like that sucks and you're old and she's like okay thank you (laughs) and then i just fell off the ship the whole ship fell apart in those two moments I am never impressed by um, when people are mean or belligerent drunks. It's just never a fun storyline to experience because it's like some people are and it's actually really toxic and they've kind of built up that she drinks a lot. And so if she drinks a lot and she's a mean drunk, that's going to be rough to, is that going to, I don't. I don't know. I guess, like, if that's the storyline they want to explore, I'll go on the ride. I am I think there's a story to tell everywhere, but it just, yeah, it really did suck to, to like, listen to her berate him and call him an idiot and tell him he was trying to be a thief, and it was just wild. And, yeah, the ship is... Being decon- it's already deconstructed. It's being deconstructed as we speak, and it's already de- deconstructed. <laughs> We're gonna- we can make a new one. We always can. Yeah. Maybe they can start over, but it feels like this is fine if this one is just a friendship with two people going through a tough time and being there for each other. We can just have one of those, and that'll be fine. You don't need to keep trying to put them together. Or I guess I don't need to keep trying to put them together. Maybe this one just doesn't work out. We yeah. still have Mijo and Sonu, and they're doing the most. Um, they're the, on the opposite end, where I'm a little bit tired of how constant it is. I just want her to be like, I need you right now. I want you to be in my life. But I, I totally understand her being like, I just want to spend every single second with my two best friends and figure out my emotions and sort this out. And I am almost getting frustrated with him being like, but I'm confessing to you yet again. Just remember that I like you. I'm like, just be there for her and wait in the background quietly, sir. Take a seat. She'll come to you when she's ready. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff he does that feels very thoughtful. Like, hey, I'm not going to ask questions, but can I please drive you? Uh, That feels right. Where it's like, I won't... 
I will not ask questions. Perfection. You did it. And then, yeah, on the flip side, there's him saying, I'm not going to ask questions, but I am going to show up every five minutes into your life. Maybe give you a call. Maybe we'll play some video games. I'm not asking questions, but if you want to talk about it, we're here. We're playing video games. Yeah. I. It's hard because I know she appreciated it at the end. But it's hard watching him like drag her into his apartment and be like, you have to have fun. You have to relax. I think Chan Young at one point is like, Mijo, what I need right now is just time. I found out literally yesterday that I have stage four cancer. And every second since I found out, you have been nagging me to make a decision about it. And I don't know what decision to make. I just want to keep living my life. And that's how I feel like Mijo is, where she's had maybe a week to deal with this, maybe half a week. And this dude's over here being like, but remember my confession? Maybe you should think of that and like take a break from all the sadness of your friend dying. And it's like, I think that's valid at some point, but maybe not three days in. This is... Yeah. I'm still processing. I am still cooking over here. I am well underdone with this emotion of sadness. And let's maybe give it a full full cook through before I decide in what way I'm emotionally uh, moving on in a positive light. Like, it's okay to sit and feel your emotions for a minute. And everyone's like, nah, nah, dog. Uh, What if only action and joy? Yeah, I get it. I get that he's like, I want you to be distracted. I don't want you to be this crushingly sad. But it's hard when it's like, she's three days in. I think she's okay to still be crushingly sad. I think they can all sit with that for maybe a week, maybe a month. <laughs> I Eventually, yeah, they should come out of their shell and start living while their friend is still alive. But can you give the three of them some space, please? That's nope. just my opinion. Sorry, Sonu. I love him. He is a good boy. I love him. He just needs to take a half a step back, sir. Yeah. I think pretty much the only person who's been allowed to process it has been Juhi. And they just kind of left her alone with that one, huh? Yep. They just said, <laughs> she, she's good. We'll tell her last. And she's fine. <laughs> I love Juhi. And I feel like we definitely, we called it and she called it. That she is the third friend. And oh my god, it still hurts. It still hurts as much as the first two episodes. To be like, there's a third. How many times have I said her name wrong in this episode? What's her name? Her name is Juhi. You say it right. I say it wrong. I maybe have called her Jihu a couple of times. So, you know. Oh, I thought you've said Juhi every time. Okay, I hope so. But I think at least once I've... I've said the opposite. And that's, I guess it's fine. I do get bummed when I mess up the names. I do get bummed. Because it's not that it's hard. It's just that it, it's, it's there's, unfamiliar. Yeah. Names in, in a language that you don't speak can be, um, it's a process. Yeah. Say it really clearly right now, like a phone speaker, and then I'll just clip it into wherever you said it wrong. <laughs> Juhi. <laughs> That's perfect. I'll it in. <laughs> I'm hoping oh. that I said it in a way that just works with whatever tone I was speaking in previously. So, yep. 
Or we could do the full robot, like, Jew, he. Oh, that one's even better. (laughs) I love it. We'll keep that. We'll keep that cut. Yeah. Yeah. She's also our third friend. And no me do, because it's only four letters. And that's simple. I think I messed up Chon Young a couple times, but mostly just because I couldn't remember it at all. (laughs) She's a third friend. Yeah. Um... Um, what else? I only have How one more thing, and then I think I'm done. Okay. I think I don't have anything else, so we can talk about the, the final thing. Cool. It'll be a good place to end, because it's a throwback to, or I guess it's embedded in our brand, that we love moms on Play on K. We understand that everybody's got a different relationship with their mom. You don't have to love your mom. We just... In principle, across the board, we love a good K-drama mom. And we just said her name 14 times. Hee-ju. Juhi. Juhi. Cool. <laughs> There's my turn to mess it up. Yes. We're both in this boat together. Let's sink. <laughs> <laughs> we could do this. Last thing. Juhi. Juhi's mom is just so sweet. And I love that she's kind of a background character. But she's just a constant source of joy and goodness. And that's it. That's all I wanted to know is that I just love her mom. I love her. And she's doing good. And she's doing yoga every day and hiking occasionally. And she's healthy. And I love her. She's so sweet. Yeah. That is a beautiful relationship. It is crushing. It is crushing to like, I think I cried extra hard when they told Juhi when she was like, just knowing that her mom had cancer and how terrifying that must have been and that eventually by some miracle her mom survived and then to find out that her friend also got cancer is like well that is heartbreaking that is extra extra heartbreaking yep that is almost too much (laughs) i can't watch this show anymore (laughs) Cool. <laughs> oh, I'm glad her mom's healthy and doing her yoga and doing her hikes. And I can't wait to see more of her. Just keep going in the background as a lovely, sweet mom. I need that from her. Yes, I love her so much. <laughs> and that is a good place to end because we love, like you said, we love a good, good mom here at Plant and Kate. So... So that's what we want to leave you with. We've got a good, good mom. And um, if you want to tell us your favorite K-drama mom, you can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can also find uh, our website where you can sign up for newsletters. You can also find all of our affiliate links. The three that we've got going are Skillshare, where you can learn a new skill. You can start a podcast with Blueberry Podcasting, or you can secure your internet presence and maybe find some K-dramas that aren't licensed in your region uh, using NordVPN. And so, yeah, all of those can be found at playonk.com. You can also find a link to our Patreon on our website, or you can go there directly. Patreon.com slash playonk is getting getting a reboot. We're starting over this new year, so go check it out. Go support us, get some bonuses, and keep the show going. Let us know that you, you support us and you like us and we're doing a good job, please. Yeah. Um, 
We have also a couple of... Well, actually, let me do this. I let you do the social media because you have more social oh. medias going. So I okay. will do instead the the freest way to support the podcast, which is rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you listen to us. So wherever you're listening now, uh, you probably can do some combination of those things, and it really helps us out. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. Yeah! And like Raquel hinted, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at PlayOnKPodcast or on Twitter at PlayOnK or on, what's it called, TikTok or Hive at PlayOnK underscore Emily. Yeah! Go check it out. Um, I think that's all of the housekeeping we have. And so next week we are doing our next two episodes of 39. Okay, bye! Okay, bye! Bye,